My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and elevescent Heather Morris... She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather was scared half to death twice this week, so now she is officially dead. Welcome to the show, Heather. You've never looked better. You look great. She looks fabulous, doesn't Mm -hmm. she? I feel a little pale. I think you may actually get quite a large amount of points tonight on the back of that. I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corrie. Michelle was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle realized this week that ants must be really healthy because they have little antibodies. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Also wish to introduce Nathan Bush, who is sat resplendently in the background. Nathan told his psychiatrist that he is hearing voices. Nathan's psychiatrist told him he does not have a psychiatrist. Welcome (laughs) to the show, Nathan. This is... Series 2, episode 128. 128 is a dead number with a love of eurosocial insects and mental status examination. 
Most modern house music is in the tempo of 128 beats per minute. So for the first time on MQTA, the first ever house music, I didn't know I didn't do that, not really. I love myself more than that, and I have much more self-respect. There are 128 (laughs) US fluid ounces in a gallon. I had a Ford that did 40 miles to the gallon, and that was the oil. (laughs) Everyone at home's agreeing with me. They're going, yeah, yeah, I had a car like that. That was a Ford. 128 bytes is common on graphic cards and many games consoles. So for the first time, no fun and interesting (laughs) facts about computers. You don't often get the word fun and computers (laughs) in the same sentence. MQTA quiz. I did not know that. There are points Mm -hmm. to be won. The nearest person will win the points. How many tons did the first electronic computer weigh? Miss Morris. Two. Two tons for the first ever electronic computer. Yes. What are you going to go with, Corey? Six. You are winning the points tonight. Straight off the bat, it was 27 tons. (laughs) It covered a space of 1,800 square feet, and it told the time in Europe, apparently. And now you can put it on your fingertip. I read recently that the computer inside a greetings card when you open it up and plays a song for you is more than put man on the moon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are you wow. serious? 100% true. This is where we are. The average person blinks 20 times a minute. How many times do you blink when you're using a computer? And every single person, now I've made people aware of yeah. the process of blinking, everyone at home will be cursing me, of course, because they'll now be thinking about their blinking so everyone's now listening to this show and blinking there'll be people looking at you thinking you've got to squint five five times you blink five times a minute when you're on the computer yep compared to 20 times yep when you're not 10 you're gonna go with 10 the points are shared (gasps) heather goes with five michelle goes with 10 it was seven So Wait a points. second, how does that work? How is your math? You've, it's in the middle. <laughs> there are three kinds of people in this world. Those that are good at maths and those that aren't. Mm-hmm. I think I'm feeling philanthropic. <laughs> everybody points uh, <laughs> Hurrah. Yeah, in in 1936 <sighs> the russians made a computer that runs solely on what <laughs> what did they what did they run that computer on in russia there in 1936 uh potato they ran it it was the famous 1936 russian potato computer or vodka either one Cruelly stopped in its tracks by the potato plague of 1937. I have to go with vodka. You're going with vodka. I think I'll give Michelle a few more points. I'm going to give you one point there. It was in fact... (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Serious. My stuff's serious. Shoot, I got a cramp. She's got a cramp. Michelle's got a cramp. Oh man, that's a Charlie horse right there, isn't it? The answer is water and vodka being a fluid made from potatoes. Let's give points all round. Yay! Yay! 
down. Everyone's on five. <laughs> Good times. Yes, it was run on water, which is useful if you get the keyboard wet. In 1973, mm-hmm. when Heather Morris was just a glint in her daddy's epididymis. Probably not. The first, <laughs> the first worm widespread infection by a self-replicating code that could have infected every system around the world was stopped by doing what? Unplugging the computer. Unplugging <laughs> the computer. Thrill! <laughs> so, in 1973, you took turns to book an hour on the computer. We'll give the Norwegians an hour now, and then after that, the Russians are having a go. Hurry up, it's my turn now, says Japan. We booked an hour after four o'clock. You're saying the I've biggest unplugged the internet replicating <laughs> code, the biggest shutdown in the history of man was resolved by unplugging the computer. Yep. What are you going to go with, Miss Corey? Control Alt Delete. Control. Have you tried turning it on and off again? Hairspray. <laughs> the answer is that the first worm widespread infection by a self-replicating code that could have shut down every system around the world was stopped by unplugging the computer. (gasps) Again, the ugly head of cheating raises itself above the parapet. I shall give you three points there, Miss Morris. That's very, very impressive. That is 100% true. The Americans discovered that this worm existed, and it was started in Norway, and they phoned the Norwegians and said, can you stop this from infecting everything? And the guy just unplugged the computer and it stopped there. <laughs> that was the one computer they had in Oslo, apparently. Way to go, Lars. In 1973. <laughs> well done, Lars, if he's listening, by the way. This is very, very true. I will give the next person who gives me this answer right 100 points. Ooh, That's oh a boy. one and two zeros. If you can tell me the name of that particular worm. Ear. Earworm. <laughs> the answer may be closer than you think. The Oslo worm. The Oslo worm. Mm-hmm. Can't give the points away tonight, can I? It was called the Morris worm. Whoa! <laughs> Written, of course, in Morris code. Yes. 100% true. These facts are there if people wish to find them. We've only just started the show. Michelle's mm-hmm. on five. I'm on five. Nathan's on five. He's winning points through osmosis. And yeah. Heather has scored eight. We now come to our favourite part of the show. It is Melbourne. These are your letters, your comments, your messages of support from all over the world. And if you wish to write to us, why not find us on Facebook at the moment? You can go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Bob in the Bahamas. Yay, Bob! Hi, Bob! Regular listener, he posted hello to my most resplendent, absolutely superb, entertaining crew of my favourite radio show. Bob, we love you. Thank you, Bob. Bob in the Bahamas. I hope he hasn't been hit by the hurricanes recently. I hope so, too. We'll have to find out if he's okay. Mm -hmm. Cynthia in Arkansas has written, I was sceptical about the snorts. (laughs) Are they authentic, I thought to myself. Then during my binge listen, I snorted for the first time in my <laughs> yeah. life. Yay, Cynthia. Yeah. I Good for you. I could not believe it. Then I had another drink. So <laughs> just to put everyone straight on this, the snorting, Michelle Curry's snorting is 
100% true. And of course, if she snorts during tonight's show at any point, you are welcome to take a shot if you're playing the Michelle Corey Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game. Chris in California posted, listening to the show on Dark Matter, always worth a giggle. You guys often mention your investigations, but never really go into them in any detail. Can you do an extended show where you go into some of your adventures? Mm. We might put that on Patreon, actually. Yeah. Ooh. We have got an investigation that we did last week, and I'm actually going to talk about that in a moment. Yeah. So we are going to mention an investigation very shortly. If you listen to the show, continue to listen to the show. We will discuss our latest adventures. Martin, our regular listener in New York, has created an amazing online auction site called Martin's Online Auctions. It's on Facebook. There is everything on there from the Living Dead dolls to 80s metal concert t-shirts. The unusual, strange, intriguing and bizarre. Go and have a look at what is morbidly fascinating. These items are just a couple of clicks away from owning. Remember Martin's Online Auctions on Facebook. You've already shown good taste by listening to the show. Now you can surround yourself with good taste as well. As previously mentioned, all of our stories for tonight, all of the bands, all of the jokes, the cartoons, the camaraderie, all of the messages, everything that's fun is on our Facebook site. We currently have 6,000 followers. If you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, we'll find all of the fun and the frivolity on there. You can listen to our archives anytime. They're completely free. We have four years worth of shows. You can listen to them back to back. You can do what Cynthia does and listen to 10 hours of them in a row. Right out. Snorting yourself into an oblivion. <laughs> that sounds like art college. Wow. <laughs> if you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, you will find everything on there. If you're walking the dog, in the gym, at home doing the housework, working in your garage, going on a long journey. You will find all of our shows on there. And if you're listening right now in our archives, why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you love the show. Show us your support. Remember, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that you can't hear on air. It is a round called Not For Your Mother. At the top of the hour when we go off air, we get a little bit saucy. A little bit suggestive. There's a little bit of innuendo. Naughty. There's a oh, lot of yes. filth. Oh. So you have a little bit extra to work with. It's the stories from around the world that we can't read out for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine. But if you go to SoundCloud, MQTA Radio, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, mm-hmm. TuneIn Radio. You have no excuse for not finding us, but you will get a little Easter egg, a little present there of an extra 20 to 25 minutes where a little bit more risque you can listen to the show first of course if you go to darkmatterdigitalnetwork.com you can listen to us first at 8 p.m central time on a friday night and why not tell all your friends and family about the show if you're listening now just gone eight o'clock 20 past eight on a friday night why not post on your social media sites that you are listening to us at the moment we have a hundred thousand listeners in 190 countries all over the world and i will read out the top 10 of those countries very shortly because we've not done that for a few weeks have we and i like to know who's listening to the show if you go to twitter and search for adrian underscore lee underscore tips we have 94,000 followers on there my latest book mysterious midwest unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales 
from the dead is available on amazon if you're looking for a halloween spooky read is it too soon to talk about halloween no fair enough you had your decoration you never put your decorations away no never mind getting them out specifically for halloweenus Halloweenus. 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 That has a foreword written by David Ellison, the award-winning Grammy bass player for Megadeth. That's mysterious Midwest. This show is free. It will always be free. We love doing this show, but we do incur studio costs. So if you're willing to donate one single dollar, if you go to patreon.com, search for MQTA Radio, you can donate a dollar to the show. And you can get all of the episodes archived first. Our archives are three or four weeks behind. There's lots of fun and interesting things on there that you can purchase and you can sponsor us as well if you wish to do so. Now, I did promise that we read out a list. So here we go. This is the top 10 countries out of 190 countries listening to us around the world as we speak. Number one, of course, the US of A, because we're broadcasting from America. And we have our friends here in America as well. Number two, the UK hasn't forgotten me. This is my mother telling all of her neighbours, my cousins, my aunties and my uncles to listen into the show at what would be two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. (laughs) So thank you to the UK for listening to us. You are second in our list. Canada is third. South Africa is fourth. Would you believe? Number five this month is the Netherlands. All your friends, Michelle. Over there in Holland. Number eight is Australia. So thank you to Tanya and all of her Hello. friends. Hi, from Tanya. Downhand. Bob must be doing an amazing <gasps> job of spreading the word. Absolutely. Because the little island of the Bahamas has made it to number seven in our list of 190 oh, countries. Bob, yay. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. He's not getting a finder's fee, but thank you for doing that. Number eight, we go very Africa. We've got South Africa at four. Rwanda, number eight. Rwanda? I know. know. When you think that people like Japan, for example, and some of the other big hitters like Sweden, for example, weren't in the top 20, that's quite remarkable. But Rwanda, if you're listening to us in Rwanda, why not drop us a line? Tell us who you are and I'll read you out on next week's show if you go to our Facebook site. Number nine, Zimbabwe. Very, Very African, isn't it? Yes. And number 10 is the French. Okay. (laughs) Messy buckets to the French. There we go. This is good times. Now, I just want to mention, I don't often tell people where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be up to, but this Thursday coming up, the 28th of September, 6.30, put it in your diary. I am at the Renville County Historical Society. This is in Morton, in the middle of Minnesota, little bits of the West. So Thursday, the 28th of September, 6.30, next Thursday, Renville County Historical Society. If you go to their Facebook site, it's the Renville County Historical Society and Museum. I'm doing a talk on UFOs in Renaissance art. Oh. I don't often get a chance to talk about my background in art history and my academic background there in art history. But I discovered, studying the Renaissance period, and people will be aware of this if they follow UFOlogy and the paranormal on the internet but i will be giving a talk on ufos in renaissance art and we had an amazing ufo experience in redwood falls in july we got 25 minutes of footage when we was doing an investigation michelle was there heather was there our friends brian and helen and of course patricia lubeck who is the director and curator at the redwood falls county museum we were in the cemetery doing a paranormal investigation the equipment went haywire went nuts lots of emf 
lots of static electricity. The radio scanner went nuts. The compass went mad. GPS was lost. And then a fleet of UFOs went over that we filmed on a night vision camera. 25 minutes. MUFON have interviewed the team. They've got all of the documentation, all of the empirical evidence, all of the video. MUFON said this was one of the most important sightings in American ufology history. It's one of the few occasions where you have all the equipment running and you get empirical data as it's happening. Mm -hmm. Because ufologists would agree with me that you come in after the event, you interview the people, you're looking for trace evidence. And usually it's only like one or two people. That's right. Yes, we had six of us sat out there. And that footage has not been seen yet because MUFON wanted to interview us and look at it first. And it's now been released to us. So... Next Thursday, 6.30, the Renville County Historical Society, $5 to get in. All of that money will be going to the Historical Society. We're raising money for them to stay open. It's a non-profit organisation. And if you bring food as well, that's going to the food shelf. We raised a vast amount of food last time we gave a talk. Tickets are limited to 150 people. So you need to get online and book your ticket if you wish to go. Because the last time I gave a talk there, 300 people turned up and due to fire regulations, we were breaking the law. It was standing room only. So they had their wrists slapped. They liked taking all the money at the door, of course. But if you're coming on Thursday, you need to book your tickets in advance. They're limited, but that is on Thursday. You can look all of that up. That will be a fantastic lecture and we'll have lots of fun with that. Now, last weekend... We were in an amazing town called Terrace. Terrace is in Pope County, just south of Alexandria in Minnesota. Yes. The biggest town near Terrace, I think, is Sedan. I've never been to a town that had no cell reception of any description whatsoever. Oh, it was dead. Wow. It was dead. So for three solid days, no telephone. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. It There's was a part of me nice. that thinks, wow, isn't it great just to get away from technology? And there's another part of me thinking I really would like to catch up with my publisher. I'd like to catch up with my posts and be at one with the world, the world wide web. No, I think it was nice. You liked it, did you? Mm -hmm. We went with a team. Our team, of course, is the International Paranormal Society. We brought a lot of investigators with us into the town. Mm -hmm. There is a sawmill there. It was built in 1870. So it's on a pond with a river. It's got a big water wheel. It used to be a flour mill. And then I believe they did lumber. Or the other way around. I think they cut the lumber for the town and then they transferred it to a flour mill. I'm going to get my wrist slapped for getting the facts wrong. But I believe that to be the case. There was a schoolhouse there. An old yeah. pioneer schoolhouse. Right. Like you'd see on Little House on the Prairie with mm. its white sidings and a little bell in the tower mm -hmm. up on the hill. There was an old pioneer log cabin. Yes. That was smaller than this studio. And apparently nine people slept in that during oh, one winter. Probably about half the size of the studio. Half yeah. the size of the studio. Nine people were sleeping in that. But then again, if it's minus 40 outside and you haven't got proper clothes and it's 1860, I suspect that was a, a very welcome relief. So we got to investigate for the whole weekend. Yeah. We got to go in the sawmill. We got to go into the log cabin. And the schoolhouse. And I do want to thank Richard and Bob for their hospitality. They very kindly put the team up in their accommodation. And they were just fabulous, fabulous people. Very giving. Their hospitality was amazing. So thank you to Richard and Bob. And also Lucy. Lucy showed us around and stayed with us all night. Thank you, Lucy. And was our host for the evening. So thank you, Lucy, as well. I just want to run through because several of our 
listeners have expressed an interest in talking about the investigations we do. So I'm going to spend a couple of minutes discussing all the ghostly, the spooky, the ghoulish things that took place in Terrace. And again, it's a non-profit organisation, so I will be going back there hopefully next year and we'll be raising money for them to stay open, of course. We investigated in the schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. When we did our walkthrough, we took the team through all of the locations. We had our DVRs running. We had our EMF meters. We had um, real-time DVR. A couple of our investigators, Paul, one of our tech experts from St. Cloud, had headphones on so he can listen to EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, whispers, ghosts talking to us as they actually happen. He has better hearing at that point than any of the investigation team because he's going through that device. But as we walk through the school, do you want to explain what happened when we got to the desk? One of the desks in the schoolroom. Well, one of the desks, after doing a scan of all of them, was throwing off some wicked EMF. You have video readings. footage. You video this, didn't And you? I happened to have my camera, and I finally noticed it had a video record feature. How long have you had this camera? <laughs> I think maybe about 10 years. Have you got any, like, do you, do you have more masculine elements to you? Because that's what a man would do. They'd buy a watch. <laughs> Who reads, what men listening to this show would read the instructions? You just press the buttons and I work don't it out. I thinking it's instructions. It's a very, very masculine thing to do, isn't it? Not reading the instructions. And that's why after 10 years, you've only just discovered your video feature. Yes, well, needless to say, it worked out very well. And I recorded the EMF going crazy in that one desk. There was one student, mm-hmm. Spirit, sat in that desk. And this is on the walkthrough, so we haven't even started no. yeah. the investigation yet. But I set my team up in the schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. It was very, very interesting. We had the ghost scanner going, the ghost box. It's scanning AM and FM frequencies very quickly. It's generating white noise. I said... The cliche, of course. I said, who's there? Who wants to talk to us? And he said his name was George. And I said, hi, George. Do you have a last name? And he said, Wheeler. And I thought, wow, that's very, that gives me a really good opportunity as a historian to look someone up. You know, I've got all the details there. I said, did you work in the schoolhouse? He said, no. Did you come from the cemetery, which was opposite the schoolhouse? He said, no. Did you come from the church? No. Did you come from the log cabin? No. Did you work at the mill? Yes. He said he worked at the mill. What was very interesting about that interaction is that when we got back and spoke to Richard and Bob, who are running the mill, are part of the board there, I said, "Uh, does this mean anything to you? And I told them the name. And they said George Wheeler was the first miller that built or worked in that mill. So we had a conversation with him going back there to the 1870s, 1880s. So that was quite remarkable in the schoolhouse. That was truly remarkable. I then set up a team in the sawmill. They've got like a grocery store laid out, an old-fashioned one, above the water wheel. And I sat there in the darkness, and I looked to my left, and I thought I saw psychically two or three children standing in the doorway looking at me. And they were wet. Their hair was wet. Their clothes were wet. And they were just looking at me. And they were three different heights, but they were definitely children. I took a photograph with the thermal imaging camera, the FLIR. And you could quite easily see three cold humanoid figures standing in the doorway. And we had other devices and other equipment that was registering them as well. So not only am I seeing them psychically, I've seen three or four bits of empirical evidence on my equipment that's proving that these children are standing in the doorway. And I said to them, can you tell me your names? 
And one of them shouted out Peter, and I said, Hi, Peter, how old are you? He said, I'm 15. I said, Who else have you got with you? And he said, Debbie's here. And I said, You prefer being called Debbie or Deborah? She shouted Debbie so loudly, I nearly fell off my chair. Wow. <laughs> it was remarkable. So there they are. And again, we asked Bob and Richard, the local historians there, did they know of such people? Apparently, six or seven children had drowned in that stream going through the watermill. There's a big river. It's the Chippewa oh. River. It goes into like a dam mm -hmm. and passes under a stone bridge very quickly because they want the water wheel to go around fast. So they narrow the water going through. And apparently in the day, several, several people had drowned. And he said there was children amongst them. And he said that one of them was called Peter. Wow. And they think he drowned at 15. But I need to do the research. And I saw them standing there wet. And they were looking at me. Oh. And I've got photographs of them. So this Amazing. is remarkable. So you've got psychic work being backed up and verified by empirical evidence, like the audio recordings of them speaking to us and the photographs on the thermal imaging cameras. And then you have the history, then proving that all that's true. And we didn't know that information when we first went in there. You had some fun in the log cabin, didn't you? You took a team into the log cabin. Yeah, I took a team into the log cabin, and I got this incredible sense that, again, it was such a small space, and nine people were supposed to live in it. Oh. I was trying to reach out to them, but I got this incredible sense that it wasn't a log cabin with nine people that were living in it at all, that it was a trading post, a fur traders. Sure. It possibly had the mail running through there, and I have that all recorded. And I even got a name of a Bernard or Bernard that was supposed to come through there. And that wasn't through the equipment. That's just something I felt so strongly about. And you went in shortly thereafter. There is a huge me. French influence in this part of the world. The Louisiana Purchase, of mm -hmm. course, bought this land. I mean, huge swathes of land, of course, um, off the French back in the day. But there is um, lakes nearby in Alexandria called Lake Homadou, which is two men, of course. So two men must have lived by the lake originally, and they've named it after the French. And Duluth is named after the French explorer that came down from the Great Lakes in Superior. So there was a history of French fur trappers and the French being here back in the day. But I went into the log cabin. I started talking and saying, who's there? Does anyone want to communicate with us? And we started speaking French. There was a gentleman that came through. I asked for Bernard, and he said his name was Ben, or Burn, which is a shortening of that, of course. And I said, are you French? And he said, oui. <laughs> and he started speaking to me in French. He was saying merci. He started asking me questions. I said to him, have you ever been to Britain? He said, no. And then he started talking about the bridge. He started talking about the pont. And, of course, the stone bridge is where the children would have drowned there. And we had a conversation in French. I even asked him where he was from, and he said Alsace, which, of course, is in France. So, again, I get the impression it was some sort of drop-off for the mail, some sort of, you know, postal. I'm not saying it was a post office, but no, they would have dropped off be, a bag of mail yeah. for the town and it would have sure. been distributed yes. through the postmaster like a trading at post. that point. Yeah. But, again, that's the Terrace Mill. It's an amazing place to be, a oh. really fabulous part of the country. The water... Beautiful. The leaves just turning in the fall. It was all undulating, which is unusual in the prairies, of course. It's normally yes. very flat. I made the stupid comment at one point as saying, look at how flat that river is. It's like a mill pond. Well, it, it was a mill pond, <laughs> ironically. But they have a museum. They have art galleries. They have 
lots of theatre productions and lots of people come out in the summer and they have lots of shows. They have fiddlers there, don't they? And they have plays For on. For the fall, they're doing a festival, yeah. yeah. If you look up the Terrace Mill in Pope County, look at their page, see all the fabulous things they're doing. If you'd like to support them, of course, it's a non-profit organisation. And again, many thanks to Richard, Bob and Lucy. And we'll be Love you. back there. We'll coming back next year. They won't get rid of us that easily. No. We are going to be showing all of this evidence I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks, and of course, this is my busiest time of the year. Yeah. I'm like Santa Claus now during December. (laughs) Everyone wants a paranormal investigator before Halloween. And then like Santa Claus, on the 1st of November, nobody wants me in the same way that in January, nobody wants Santa Claus. So I'm very busy at the moment, but what I want to do is to cut some of those audio, and I might post some of the photographs of the ghosts that we took on the thermal imaging cameras and I actually videoed them. You can see them wandering around. Mm-hmm. I found the video feature on my camera. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. I see don't where feel we are. So bad now. Uh-huh. I found mine. So I'm gonna post that and hopefully over the course of the next couple of weeks we'll play those things. One last thing. When we were walking back down the hill towards the mill from the schoolhouse there was the most amazing howling and screaming and crying. I don't know what the coyotes have got hold of in the woods, but we've got that video. It's very creepy. It's one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. <sighs> We're walking through the cemetery, back past the church, back past the school, and you hear this blood-curdling coyote screams. It's <sighs> quite remarkable. It was very, very creepy there late at night. But an amazing town. If you get the chance, I would recommend going we have a show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world michelle's on five i'm on five and heather remarkably has got a nice rounded eight (laughs) the ghost of whitney houston haunted the stage on the bbc's new tribute act showdown comedian paddy mcginnis is fronting even better than the real thing bringing together the world's best pop star impersonators One is Whitney Houston tribute singer Belinda Davids from South Africa. She claims the spirit of the chart topper who was found dead in her bathtub age 48 in 2012 follows her everywhere she performs. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? When you're dead in spirit, why would you hang out with your friends, your family, or in the house you lived in? You'd hang out with a complete stranger you've never met before from another continent, right? Yeah. (laughs) Belinda, who plays to sell out crowds, explained, the minute I put on the clothes, something definitely happens. Something comes out of me. I feel her. We are doing a show in the Philippines, and the local promoter came up to me afterwards and said, He'd brought his psychic to the performance. He said that Whitney's spirit was right there next to me on stage. That's the closest I've come to being spooked out. It was a little creepy, actually. It was like, wow. Belinda agreed to take part in the BBC show to help fans remember Whitney for all of the success she had, not the tragedy of her death. She explained people remember her, all for the tragedy these days rather than celebrating her life. I'm not here for the sadness. I celebrate her career in a way she would want. There are also George Michael, Little Minx, Prince, Amy Winehouse, Ariana Grande, Dolly Parton and Bruno Mars impersonators on the program. Ghostly tribute act 
or that's not fact. You decide for yourself if you go really? to our Facebook site. <laughs> wow. More questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, I should give myself two points for being informative and a little bit spooky. Not really. Go on. <laughs> Heather Morris, the worm. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and haunting? Did you know one in nine Britons admit that they have a plan for the zombie apocalypse? Oh, you say that, but I bet it's seven out of nine in America. So by those standards, that's not actually the end of the world. And when we say we've got a plan, this is like the day of the dead, the do- Shaun of the Dead. <gasps> I you love see Shaun. I mean? <laughs> when we say we've got a plan, I've we've got, got plan. some sort of scythe in the garden shed. That's the and a couple that's of tins, your plan. and a couple of tins of beans just put to one side. That's your plan. That's the plan. Yes. Well. What would you do if undead hordes rose up and started roaming the streets ravenous I'd leave for Paris human flesh? and go home. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, no. They were number 10. They've now dropped D- to 20. Yes, they have. <laughs> dash back to protect your loved ones. Would you dash? Dash back, what, to London to protect my loved ones? Why not? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> get a flight. Ransack. <laughs> oh, the first snort of the evening. If you're playing the Michelle Curry snort drinking game, you can now take a shot of alcoholic beverage. I could get a flight. <laughs> well, then, if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm guessing flights are going to be difficult to come by. It'd be horrifying. Horrifying. Ransack the nearest Tesco metro or start fashioning weapons out of anything to hand. Garden Possibly. tools. You've Possibly. got the hoe. I'll go with the rake. Fortunately, working this out is hitherto been a mere exercise of imagination, something we vicariously run through while binge-watching The Walking Dead. I'm going to give you points for saying vicariously. Ooh. You're on nine. Wow. I know. Heady times. However, a YouGov poll has now found that more than 10% of people surveyed already have a plan for the eventuality of the undead overrunning Britain. Because that's going to be hit first, unfortunately. We were at Lyland. This is what saved us They're during not... the day of the Triffids. Can zombies swim? I Depends. guess they can just walk, can't they? I mean, you can just walk on the seabed and come up at the other side, would you not think? They could be eaten by piranhas. That should be... Yes, in the English Channel, we have a lot of tropical piranhas. That's one of the one things you have to be... I'm at Southend. I've got my trousers rolled up. I've got a a pint of jelly deals in one hand and a Guinness in the other. And it's... um, Them damn piranhas. You told me to beware of the Thames. Yes, because you can walk across it in places. It's one of the... (laughs) There was a guy walked across it once and they nailed him to a tree. You have to be very careful. Oh. It's the biggest shipping channel in the whole of the world. It has a crust on it. This may not be as bizarre as it sounds at first when you consider that the Pentagon has its own zombie apocalypse response plan. Did you know that? Oh, I I, I, I'm sure they're plowing vast sums of money into they it They probably as we speak. are, yeah. yeah. The U.S. Defense Agency says it is apparently used as a disaster relief planning exercise, so it's not really zombie apocalypse, but I bet you it if is. If there's some sort of chemical or germ or bacterial outbreak is what they're doing yeah yeah when YouGov asked its 214 respondents what exactly their plans for a zombie uprising matters took an unsettling turn 
It doesn't take a huge leap of imagination to foresee that things would rapidly descend into savagery as our social order disintegrated. The last thing we'd want to do is see Texas descend into savagery. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't yes. it already? Could never happen. It's already there. Controversial. But even then, the results aren't particularly heartening. According to the poll, almost half, or 45%, of people would simply panic and hole up somewhere. Although an understandable response, it's not the most far-sighted strategy. 43% would make gathering supplies their priority, like your beans. Yay, beans. <laughs> Where, mm, and I'm toast. sick of beans. <laughs> and toast. <laughs> beans on toast. Every single person's having that for lunch. Try it. Get some toast. Butter it. Put your baked beans on top. Bit of brown sauce. Can I have some carbs with some more carbs? Please. I can make that happen for you. 29% would prioritize relocating and getting out of the cities. Following that, 23% would put acquiring weapons top of their post-zombie apocalypse to-do list. Acquiring? Everyone has weapons. Kind of. Kind of. There's yeah, people weed whackers with, and Well, I'm thinking that most, most Americans have. A hedge trimmer would be fun, wouldn't it? Couldn't you tie that to a rope and kind of swing it around your head? <laughs> we saw that, didn't we? You've been watching Family Guy too often. <laughs> no, I think it was Tosh.0. There was a redneck uh, that did tie a, a, hedge trimmer. a hedge trimmer to a rope and just swung it around his head. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> no oh. one's buying him glass for Christmas, by the way. Oh. <laughs> 15% would make meeting up with friends and family their first concern. So there's only 15% what? of Britons that care about their friends and family. Those are the ones that could catch the plane, of course. And the findings get more depressing from there on. With a belligerent 13% making killing zombies and their survivors their top concern, contrasted with a minuscule and presumably soon to be rapidly depleted band of 6%, who would prioritize working with other survivors? What we've learned is that in an event of a zombie uprising, it'll be every being with a pulse for themselves. I know what will happen. Every single person who's still sentient and not a zombie will go to the Isle of Man and they'll set up a commune on the Isle of Man and the zombies won't be able to get to them unless they work Because out. the piranhas will get them. Because the yeah. piranhas will get them in the English Channel. <laughs> There you go. Okay, good. There's little French piranhas. Yes, any other words? Okay. She's almost fluent. All she needs now is Vanon from Arge and she'll be drunk and constipated for two weeks. I shall give you points. You're now into double integers. With legs 11. Ooh. A thrill seeker has been killed by a moving coffin as he was walking through a haunted house fairground ride. That's ironic, isn't it? Killed at a haunt. Do you remember last year a guy died in a haunted house experience and collapsed of a heart attack and they left him there for two weeks because they thought he was an exhibit? Oh my <laughs> that God. Was three years ago. He's long gone. He's long gone. He only got found in the end because some kid cried and poked him with a stick and he exploded. And his arm mm. fell off. That's, it did. No, his <laughs> no arm, it did. Yeah, they, they kicked his arm and it just fell off. Yeah, that's awesome. true. Yeah, they thought it was an exhibit and wondered why the whole house smelt like a ripe brie. It's true. The 21-year-old man surnamed Chung was hit by machinery inside an attraction called Buried Alive at Hong Kong's Ocean Park. 
Chung was found unconscious five minutes after he entered the attraction. Ocean Park Chief Executive Matthias Lai said, Would you believe a chief executive whose last name is Lai? <laughs> yes. He expresses deep sorrow over the tragedy. Very sorry. He was confirmed dead. Very dead. Mm. Very dead in hospital. <laughs> I see you've oh been learning God. Rosetta Stone Mandarin. <laughs> or was that Cantonese? It's so difficult to tell, isn't it? The park's website said visitors would experience being buried alive alone before fighting their way out of the dark and their eerie grave. Visitors are supposed to get inside a coffin turned slide, local media said. So this is a coffin going down a water slide, ultimately. Oh, how fun. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? No. Revelers then moved through the haunted house where they would experience what the park's website describes as a rocky maze filled with dreadful ghouls. Police said they are probing the tragic death, they're poking it with a stick and inquiries are ongoing. The government has ordered the closure of Buried Alive until further notice fairground ride or run and hide. You decide for yourself visit our Facebook site more questions than answers with Adrian Lee where all of tonight's stories are there for you and much much more in glorious Technicolor. Michelle what have you got for me tonight in the round of mm. ghosts and an expectant mom and dad say an ultrasound image of Jesus watching over their unborn baby is a sign from above. Jesus! My own <laughs> personal. Alicia Zeke and Zach Smith were stunned when they saw the sonogram of daughter Briella alongside what they believe is a bearded messiah wearing a robe and a crown of thorns. That's going to be painful, isn't it? Yeah. In the womb with a crown Ooh, of thorns. That's ow. going to be like cystitis, isn't uh. it? Thing? The couple, who have also got a son and daughter, say the spiritual vision has set them at ease after complications with her first two pregnancies. Alicia told a local news station when they gave it to us, um, to me, it's Jesus, and it looks just like Jesus. He says, <laughs> He looks like a Middle Eastern Arab <laughs> Jew, does he, apparently? Midget. Questions will be asked. Midget Jesus. It's midget Jesus. Tiny Jesus. Tiny Jesus. Tiny Jesus. Tiny Jesus. I blinked a lot. Yes, 20 times a minute, apparently. To kind of <laughs> make sure of what I was really seeing. Zach said, when I seen it, I, it almost brought tears to my eyes. Brought done tears to my eye. Really? <laughs> I was speechless. I just couldn't believe it. I didn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> it was an immaculate contraption. <laughs> <laughs> this is distinct. I mean, there's another face looking at my daughter. He added, the angel or God or Jesus. Well, he's covering Help every base. <laughs> every base there, isn't he? However, wow. if you want to propose, I look at it as it's my blessing. Yeah. It's my blessing, midget Jesus. <laughs> midget Jesus. Yep. I love me some midget Jesus. Nice. I, I, I'm worried to comment because I don't want a big bolt of lightning to come out of the heavens and frazzle my cassock. Oh, I'm not you. done. Oh, there's more. Yeah, there's more. It was a little spirit. <laughs> if you, like, are the spirit of a midget 
I mean, obviously, do you haunt like lower down? Would you be putting your K two meter lower down on the floor? I mean, <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, you would have to say so wouldn't yeah. you, at that point. Alicia and Zach of Pennsylvania say they have taken comfort from the image, even though they are not especially religious. Her first daughter was born with preaxial polydactyl, which means she had two thumbs on one hand. She can play the piano really well. Yeah. Or get a lot of rides out of town. Yes, two rides out of town. (laughs) (laughs) She was the best hitchhiker this town's ever seen. Right. They've written blues songs about her. Then she nearly died during a difficult labor with her son, who was born with a cleft lip and palate. So let's have another child. Yes, to go with the deformed <laughs> ones we already have. Do they live next door to a nuclear power plant by any chance? I think they're related. It's in oh. the water. Yeah. Holy water. Zach said... Once she said everything is good and we looked at the picture, I was like, look, babe, we ain't got nothing to worry about. Perfect. We'll <laughs> see what happens when it comes out. When's it due? <laughs> soon. Soon. <laughs> Coming Christmas. soon. Christmas. <laughs> we'll get some Frankenstein and some myrrh uh, and we'll be there. Mm. That- Did you say Frankenstein? Yes. Yes. You crazy man. Oh. That brings to the end of the round, Ghosts and Hauntings. Michelle is on seven. I'm on nine. But the runaway leader at the moment is Miss Morris, who has oh. scored 11. As we go into the round, it is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. What have you got for us tonight, Miss Morris? Well, a North Carolina-based wife and mother has homebrewed... A spray that she says can attract any Bigfoot <gasps> within a mile and a half. Oh, yes! yes! Get Get some stocking. right now! It's the smell of a beetroot sandwich. What? <gasps> I think of all the things that you could trap a Bigfoot with. I'm going beetroot sandwich. This is on my Christmas list, Mr. Lee. And you it's only $7 a bottle. $7 a bottle. Yeah. Pickled Ooh. onions. It's environmentally friendly. Hmm. Yep. It's called Bigfoot Juice. For men. <laughs> so how long? As long it... as it's not Bigfoot cream, we're fine. So how long does it take? Oh no, you didn't. So how do we go about getting a pint of Bigfoot juice? And how long does it take? And can it go off? And how long does it last? Right. There are more questions than answers. Well, you'll be interested in finding out that it also doubles as bug spray. Oh, my. Said creator Allie Megan Webb, who runs Happy Body Care out of Marion. She created it sitting at Marion? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Marion in Iowa. I don't think so. It might be Marion, Illinois, where the squatches are, maybe. They're out there looking for squatches. Well, it says a North Carolina-based wife. That was like the first sentence. Ah. Okay. But, you know, if you weren't paying attention, it's all right. Geography in America (laughs) isn't one of my strongest suits, I must say that. (laughs) Or listening. Or listening. I'm having trouble. (laughs) Someone's got to keep track of the points you're losing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that stings. Well, she created it sitting at her kitchen table. How do you know it works? Jesus, Mary and <laughs> Joseph. She said that as she was laughing. <laughs> she, knows, she knows it works because she rubs it on and no one's seen a Bigfoot. She said, that's a tough question. She said, I guess I could ask 
how do you know it doesn't work? <laughs> that is, that's what that's, I just said. Yeah, yeah, see, you were on it. I'm listening. Know, like, I am like, listening. Like flies on poo, you were on it. There is an anecdotal proof her spray does, in fact, attract a Bigfoot. What if you sprayed it on yourself and went into the local Blue Oyster bar? Let's How find is, out. Yay. They are, rub it on liberally. They sell seafood? I'll go in there. <laughs> oh, never mind. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, normally at this time i would say i've got time but i haven't the show's over in four minutes well field tests have been done she said and they include a recent outing by research group bigfoot 911 in which a bigfoot sighting was reported it happened to be the first week of august in the woods of mcdowell county the report made national news. In Ooh. case you missed it, I think that's enough to say it can attract a Bigfoot. To attract a Bigfoot, you would need a smell that is woodsy enough <laughs> to keep them coming and scaring them off. What? It's a Turkish wrestler's jockstrap, isn't it, is what we're but, after here. But you got to make it slightly different enough to make them curious. Michelle's gone blue. Look at her. You got to get them curious so they can come don't, investigate. You don't want them curious. The last thing I want is a Bigfoot <laughs> sniffing around. Squatching around. Squatching about. <laughs> Look at it with its big the, hairy arms. With Look its at it. billowing squat with chair. short carny fingers <laughs> running and pushing. I can't wear anything nice. It's ruining me clothes. <laughs> Picking your nips. Tugging and pulling. Look at it. You've pulled me t-shirt out of shape. I need to pick your nits. Nice. <laughs> All right, anyway. Okay. <laughs> I do like a picnic, I have to say. That. Oh, no. oh, there was a snow. If you're playing the Michelle Curry drinking game, Mark, you can take a second drink. Market reaction to the spray, which is sold on the internet, has ranged from excitement to giggles. This includes a guy We've named... We've had both here. It includes a guy named Jeffrey Wilson. From Hawaii. Oh, just drink the bottle now at this stage. So, just so swig it. He was from Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. He wanted to know if she made troll repellent. Troll oh. repellent. From I'm on it. Friends in Iceland. I'm on it. No, Hawaii. They have trolls in Hawaii. Don't They're they? everywhere. Everywhere. What did I know? I didn't know. I've never been. Well, now you know. Completely unaware that Half there were the trolls battle, G. I. Joe. in Hawaii. <gasps> Kung Fu Grip. I'm going to sneak in. <laughs> Into the round of Strange and Bizarre, just before we leave. I'm going to try and get as many stories done as possible. Do it. This is the round of the Strange and the Bizarre. Stories from around the world that don't fit easily into any other category. The ex-Beatle wants mourners to sing along to the group's hits. This is Ringo Starr. He wants to play along at his own funeral. Oh. The 77-year-old drummer has even put together a tape of tracks. He's put his death march together. He's put his funeral collection together. Mm. Ringo said the songs I'd have at my funeral would be Octopus's Garden by the Beatles. I'd like to be under the sea. Some sort of burial at sea would probably be better, wouldn't mm -hmm. it? He says I want to be playing at the service. So the service would be going faster at the end. <laughs> That's a joke about dramas. 
It'd be nice to just have everyone singing along. The rock legend recently released his 19th studio album, Give Me Love, and revealed fellow ex-Beatles Sir Paul McCartney popped into his guest house to feature. Sir Paul was not the only former bandmate to have input into the record, as Ringo claimed the ghost of George Harrison was also there. Ringo added, George is always in the room. Actually, Paul and I were talking about him when we were both listening to Sgt. Pepper's for the anniversary and saying how important George's work was on the guitar on that record. Oh. So he wants to be playing along on the drums. Like on a, a marionette. That's the sort of thing. No, he's not going to be dead. <laughs> what are you going to string him up with bits of string and they'll be pulling on it? Weekend Look, at Bernie's, man. Yeah. Ringo Starr on the drums. We could recreate the entire Beatles. Yes. All his marionette puppets. Some are in a slightly worse state of decay. Love it. Than others. <laughs> Funeral of Ringo Starr. Or let's just all go to the bar. We now move into the round that we call Not For Your Mother. This means that you've now found us in our archives. So thank you for joining us. Why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you love the show or share on your social media platforms that you're now listening to more questions than answers this is the round that we can't read out on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine if your mother's of a nervous disposition if there's small minors in the room they need to be removed you have been warned miss morris what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother police officers found more than they bargained for when they were called to reports of a break-in only to discover the burglar performing no a, a sex act no. On what? a sofa. On a sofa. Or yeah. With the sofa? With the sofa yeah. or on a sofa? It was the sofa king brand. Oh, God. Does the sofa still right? I mean, is the sofa unhappy? Uh, Are they going to give birth to a nest of tables anytime soon? Memory foam. My memory foam's forgotten me. My memory foam <laughs> has got Alzheimer's. Your Alzheimer's foam. I'd like some of that Alzheimer's foam, please. <laughs> Yeah. Who are you? I don't remember you. I've had this bed for three years. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Body cam footage shows officers spot the somewhat distracted criminal through a window. He has made himself comfortable in the house. Oh, I, I thought he was in Ikea. Thank Christ for that. <laughs> that is good. Can't go officers, back to that store. Officers were forced to kick down the front door of the property in Columbus, Ohio, after being called to reports of a burglary. On September 14th, one can be heard saying, he's moving. <laughs> where, where is this in the world? <laughs> I have Pakistan. Ohio. Somewhere. Oh, Ohio. Yeah. Before his colleague replied, yeah, he's moving. <laughs> Catalog. He's catalog. masturbating. He's done masturbating. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> oh, there we go. Stop. Let's go in. Don't uh, hate that noise. Stop it. Pull your pants up. That's disgusting. Honest to God, it was weekend. It was like a horse's eye. It was. God. The police then gained entry and pulled the surprised topless man to the ground, cuffing his hands behind his back. Hang on a second. Wait, what? What, yes? what crime has he committed? Masturbating in the privacy of his own room on a sofa. Uh, what crime has he committed? 
Well, I think it was somebody else's sofa. Yeah, it's not his own it's living not, room. He, oh, he broke in and decided. Yes, that's the whole burglary thing. Oh. Can I ask one more question? You said shirtless. Yes, he was timeless. I expected pantsless. He'd be naked at that point, wouldn't he? <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Shirtless. <laughs> but pants in a state of removal. Things poking half out. Mast. Half mast. X Y Z. Yes. Barn doors open. Erect holes. Homo erectus. Yes. Okay. Stiffler. I, I get where we are. <laughs> He's looking for a stiff sentence, is he? Yes. Were cre- they were looking for a hardened criminal. Uh, well, officers spoke to what appears to be. A distressed woman in the back room. So she was the one that spotted the burglar so, having relations with her sofa king. Oh, my. <laughs> and called the popo. Yeah. I can't speak too loudly, but there is a man I don't recognize topless in my next room practicing the physical arts with a Chesterfield sofa. If you'd like to come along at some point, I'd and be I very And I think he may be Jewish. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, LiveLeak reported that Kelvin Bishop Lynn, 22, of Lexington, Kentucky, was charged with burglary and public indecency by engaging in a sex act on someone's couch. The sofa refused to comment. That is very... It was a sleeper. Oh, Oh my God. She just laid there. Witness protection program. (laughs) They're having to move a sofa to another part of the state. He was hoping for a twin. Oh. Oh. I can keep him coming. No, really don't. Okay. Michelle. (laughs) I really don't. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A red-faced woman was forced to return a 12-inch dildo after an audacious... Sex shop theft. I'm still upset they caught me. You took my joke away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking in the back of my mind that the guy who runs the shop has left his thermos flask out and she's stolen his tea. Mm. That's where I'm going. CCTV footage captured Heather Morris. Oh, thank you. Wow, she's jealous of the pretend dildo mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that I stole it. Yep. Police are looking into it. I've got my eye on you. Because <laughs> you're mine. <laughs> I love this show. Have I mentioned that? I love this show. The shamed shoplifter being asked to put the giant rabbit vibrator back on its shelf. With the car battery. Before leaving the store. It was the rabbit? Oh, I I wasn't the eager beaver. Okay, that one wasn't me. <laughs> she broke the gears on that. The eager beaver. The transmission That went. is one, by the way. You really? can look it up. Mm-hmm. Wow. She had to get the transmission repaired. Oh, my God. The ball bearings replaced. The bearings went and the transmission went. It was burning oil. <laughs> I know. <laughs> The video begins by showing two women shopping in Sexotica. Sexotica. Mm. Call this number now (laughs) for a discount at Sexotica. 6969-3434-8888. 8. And put in the special code... 
Curry. <laughs> In the city of Cali, Colombia, one of them approaches the saleswoman and, dis- and distracts her by asking about some lingerie while her accomplice wanders over to the vibrator section, selects a dildo, and pops it into her bag. Oh, is that what she calls it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's got a brand new bag. <laughs> How bad must things be in your life that you've got to shoplift a sex shop? I mean, you're really getting to the point there where... <laughs> you can get them on Wish.com. You can't thieve them, though, can you? Oh, off you the know. internet. Thieve <laughs> <laughs> them. Makes it more exciting. That's what you're wishing for, is it? No, I the wish.com mm-hmm. has some... Mm-hmm. You seem to have a very extensive knowledge in these Five-finger discount. <laughs> wow. Anyone would think you've drank half a bottle of schnapps tonight? No. Oh. Heather is an angel. Yes. Look Fallen. at this face. Yes. It's a beautiful. It's the face of an angel. Look at that. <laughs> face of an angel. Yeah. The saleswoman suddenly realizes what has happened, seeing the large dildo in the partially opened pouch. What was it sticking out? Was it the head or the shoulders? <laughs> the shoulders? You've got ones with shoulders? Wow. Shoulders. Is it a baby's head? What's going on down there? Look, it's almost up to the shoulders. (laughs) He's going to have post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. Sexotica owner Dario Zambrano says her employee went back to the shoplifter after sensing that she was nervous. Sweating. Mm -hmm. The unnamed staffer told the woman to return the product to the shelf, which she did. Good. Mm -hmm. I was sweating (laughs) like a shoplifter in a sex shop. Mm -hmm. In the clip, the thief can then be seen scurrying out in shame with her accomplice. Mr. Zambrano said they are people who like these products and look for the opportunity to take them. They are. Nothing safe. Look. They need to <laughs> nail those things down. I tell you, nail them down. We handle original products that are very expensive. This is evidence because in the video it is observed that the woman specifically searches for that product. The most expensive one. Mm. Yeah. Well, he added that the multiple setting vibrator the woman wanted to take, Jolly Green Giant, ho ho ho, retailed at fifty dollars. Oh, that's a cheap... Yep. Wow, you've been spoiled. (laughs) And I just want to add that it was not clear whether the women were planning to sell it or wanted it for personal use. It's personal use. It's not a sale thing. You seem to be very knowledgeable in said areas. I strive to acquire as much information about this delicate world as I can. You're a sponge. I am. A cultural sponge. Sponge. A sponge. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Germany now. Why? We can be a, I know. Well, let's not bother. Schnitzel. Yeah. We're almost fluent. <laughs> Rosetta Stone German. Yeah. Yeah. Schnitzel. Sauerkraut. Fantastic. Liebflaumil. Ein Bier bitte. Michael Schumacher. <laughs> FC Cologne. Entschuldigung bitte. Nice. <laughs> Something. There, we're going to get on very well if we Stein. go to Berlin. Stein! 
a German man who got his willy stuck in a dumbbell disc. No. Was forced to endure three hours of humiliation as firefighters tried to free him with power tools. Why? Why you got to put it in places? Why? Okay. It's one of those big Why do you men put... have to stick their wiener into any available orifice? It's in our DNA. This is why saber-toothed tigers aren't wandering around out there. Because the saber-toothed tiger didn't put its soul into every single orifice it could come across. So they don't exist anymore. This is the reason we are populating the planet. Basic caveman instincts. Having said that, I wouldn't be pushing my twig and berries into a dumbbell weight in a German gym. I just, I'm having a bad day at that point. Manhole cover. Manhole covers, we've covered those in the past. Door. Doors. Fences. I think someone did something once to a car exhaust system we read out. Okay. Picnic table. To be fair, the car was consented. <laughs> yes, he was stuck to a picnic table. Yes. I yes. remember. Absolutely. He was lying face down on a picnic table. Yeah. The kids can't go back to that park. Wasn't there a bottle at one point? Oh, I'm sure. What did we do in recently? Something. something swelled up recently and someone got something stuck. Oh, wasn't it a wedding ring or something? Oh, oh yeah. That's tiny. Yes. Well, it was China. Yes. All right. China in your hand. <laughs> China in the shower. Please stop this is what I want to say. Okay, you're going to have to say it in German, though. Fair enough. Entschuldigung, bitte. <laughs> the unidentified gym enthusiast turned up to the hospital with his genitals trapped in a heavy metal ring before emergency services were called to cut him free. Oh, Firefighters posted an image of the cut-up weight as a warning to others thinking of trying a similar stunt. Doctors initially tried to remove the plate but were unsuccessful. He then had to be sedated. You'd want to be sedated, wouldn't 20, you? 20, 24. As firefighters use grinders and hydraulic devices in the delicate operation. Yikes. <laughs> it is not entirely clear what the man was trying to achieve by inserting his penis into the center hole of a 2.5 kilogram disc. I've got a good idea. I think I, think I, know. I know. And That's I'm right. not a dude. No, I think he wanted to take a load off his mind. The crew, guess where they're from? Guess where in Germany this town is? Frankfurt. You're going with Frankfurter. Köln. They are in Worms. <laughs> of course they are. The crew in Worms, which I think is Worms, in Germany, wrote on Facebook, one person had a very sensitive part of their body trapped in the hole of a dumbbell disc. With the help of a cutting grinder, a vibrating saw... And a hydraulic rescue device, the dumbbell weight, could be removed after three hours. They didn't reveal the identity of the man whose nether region became prisoner to the sharp metal piece of gym equipment. It is also not known if the man sustained any serious injury to his penis during the incident, although they gave him back his penis in a cardboard box. The firefighters ended their Facebook post with, Please do not imitate such actions making love to a weight or i think i'll wait you go to our facebook site you will see the dumbbell in all of its glory sexiness morris what have you got for me tonight finally in the round of not for your mother well doctors reportedly say a patient 23 suffered problems with his organ after what was described as invasive cat scratch disease. What? So he's got a big upright organ in the hallway. 
he's playing all the German tunes, bit of Bach. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, I'm going with Phantom of the Opera bit right of, now. Bit of Toccata. Yeah. No, Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera you're going with. Fugue. Fugue. <laughs> fugue. That is Toccata. Yeah, that too. Okay, so both Fugue <laughs> and Toccata then. <laughs> Handel. Why am I here? <laughs> it, it is said to have involved an attack by the cat at his home in Belgium. We're still in Belgium. We're having a tour of Europe tonight. Yeah, I know. <sighs> the condition identified by BMJ case reports is said to be caused by a bacteria found in a cat's mouth and claws. No. No. The man told medics he suffered symptoms, including fevers and testicular pain. Good. It was reported cat scratch disease is caught by kissing or touching cats with your face. No. So do not kiss or touch your cat with your face. I'm always kissing my cat with my face. That's why it's going to fall off. I like kissing Mimi between (laughs) the ears. She's got a little furry head. Little memers. I love my cat. I got two messed up cats that I love. There. Well, it's uh, considered the disease to be rare with about 4.5 outpatient diagnosis per 100,000 people. So you're Who's not maybe going to get it. Is it just like half a disease you're getting at that point? It just just affect one side of your body? That's Who's the point 0.5? You only get a semi then. You only get a oh. semi or point yeah. 0.5. I'm going to give you point 0.5 because I really <laughs> can't be bothered and I've been drinking all night. Yeah. So you should be grateful you're getting that. For the man, the medication was successful, and he was cured with antibiotics within a few weeks. So he was able to get a rerection. Oh. It was stopping him achieving... A rerection. Where he needs to be. That is very true. According to doctors wrote in the report, the symptoms quickly vanished, and he fully regained his erectile function. I was going to say dysfunction. (laughs) It probably was a dysfunction. In this case, the patient was unable to provoke erection despite his will, even during periods of calm symptoms. I don't understand what... That's right. I'm grounding my root chakra. I've nearly finished. Going to plug it into a dumbbell. You're messing up my chi. Manhole cover. I'm in work. Picnic table. Beer bottle. <laughs> Car exhaust system. Toyota Camry. Sexy door. Mailbox. Did you put the flag up when you finished? <laughs> That's going to be a surprise for the postman in the morning. Return oh. to sender. Unknown. Oh. Yes, I gave up singing when I got to the second line. No such number. Yes, a bit of Elvis Presley. No, no such zone. No one home. No one home. No one home. No. Yeah, I think you're fine. <laughs> or you oh, could go. You've been here for hour. I you, went through the entire. You gone now? Well, it's strange that you should be going into the uh, Chinese restaurant because I was thinking I went through an entire Indian menu once and thought of songs to go with every meal on there. So I'm going with like Korma Comedian. Korma, Korma, Korma. Return Pasanda. Ah. Tears on my pillow. It's my Japati and I cry if I want to. There's an entire Indian menu out there for songs, I tell you. Beef broccoli. If you're waiting. <laughs> why are you not eating vegetables? <laughs> you're so big. <laughs> Everything's special for you. 
We won't be able to eat there again. <laughs> the show's over. Yay! All good yeah! things. You're not cheering because the show's over. Show. No. no. All good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery standing in the general store of the Terrence Mill in the middle of the woods with no cell reception is Michelle Corrie, who scored oh. seven oh. any other night. That would have been a winning score. I have scored nine, but in resplendent first place, winning the $33,000 IR camera is Miss Heather Morris, who scored yeah. a very impressive 11. Brilliant. Do not fear, listener. <laughs> Modest as well. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Remember, if you wish to write to the show, we will read out your messages of support. And we love hearing from where you are all over the world listening to our show. You can join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we now stay in the studio and do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round called not for your mother that we can't read out on air for fear of being removed it contains all the innuendo the filth the naughtiness from the news this week if you go to soundcloud.com and search for mqta radio also remember this show is free it will always be free but if you'd like to go to patreon.com and search for mqta radio you can donate a dollar for our studio costs and for hosting all of the free SoundCloud that we have to put in place. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jeton Drainer, Nathan Bush and Michelle Corrie and all at the International Paranormal Society at interparanormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group, MUFON of Minnesota, Martin's Online Auctions and Frank Zolchek. Remember, if you wish to come along on Thursday, I will be in the Renville County Historical Society at 6.30 doing a talk on UFOs in Renaissance Island. And all the money raised will be going to charity, but you need to buy those tickets online. That's the Renville County Historical Society and Museum on Facebook. I'd just like to dedicate this show to my favourite cat, Mo. He was such a lovely little cat and we lost him last week and it's very sad, very upsetting. He wrote his books with me. He did. He laid across my chest mm -hmm. while I typed away for the last five years, and I'm going to dedicate my next book to him because he wrote them next to me. He was a mm. very sweet and loving cat, and I miss him greatly. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting.